Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ruined. My name is Hallie. My name is Allison. And this is a podcast where we're in a horror movie just for you. Just for you. Allison, how are you doing? You know, I'm doing good. I don't I don't think a lot is going on. Um, <laughs> it's a weird yeah. time of year. It's just like, it's kind of shitty outside, but it's also sometimes nice and it's getting busy, but it's still like weird COVID stuff. And it's just like, well, I guess we just keep on living. Yeah, that is, I feel like, especially this week, it's like, I just read the news. I'm like, and yet we continue to live. So yes. I suppose we just have to um, keep reading, um, you know, the United, United Nations calling out the world's leaders for not fulfilling any of their climate change climate promises. Change. Yes, yes. And the the, <clears throat> the runway is incredibly short, uh, and yes. we are doing nothing about it, and we are barreling towards an irreversible future. <laughs> I mean, apparently we have it till the end of the decade, Allison. And I'm like, that is, we are, that's no very brief. I just, I don't have a faith that it'll end. Any government. I, I feel like the governments no. that are do something are just like, they're already not the ones that are the problem. You know what I mean? Right. And also, like, it's like small countries where they're like, this is it. We've hit the, like, right. Our ability to control this, we've achieved it. You got, it's on you now. Oh, it's on, God. like, you know, us. And God knows this country doesn't give two fucks about um, preservation, conservation, or like extending the life of anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, well, on that note, this, guys. Um, this is a cool way to start the podcast. Just Welcome to our absolute. last week of Found Footage Month. Yes. Um, uh, we also wanted to talk to you. Uh, if you saw the live show, we discussed this. But yes. um, Allison will be stepping away temporarily, don't worry, of course, yes. from the podcast. And I'll always be watching and listening and keeping tabs yeah. on everyone. Oh, yes. Yeah, she has a big bank of monitors that I see behind her in every recording where she's watching everyone. She has a, a camera in the room of everyone who listens to this podcast. I don't know how she gets anything else done. It's a lot of cameras. I got eyes on all of you. Um, but unfortunately, um, my solo show is opening off Broadway, and it is going to be an incredibly demanding at least first few weeks. So I'm going to make sure that the podcast continues on with my nightmare schedule. And we are going to be doing... Super fun guest hosts uh, for the month of May, where Hallie will be uh, ruining somebody else's life <laughs> by telling them the worst things that happen on film. <laughs> I know. Basically, Allison, you're signing up for a month of blissful sleep. I know. No nightmares for me. Just stress dreams. And Allison, if people wanted to come see your show, if they live in New York or the tri-state area or, or wanted to plan a visit around it, what would be the name of it and where will they get tickets? It is called Oh God, A Show About Abortion. It is directed by Lila Neushbauer and presented by Alana Glazer, and it's at the Cherry Lane Theater. It's going to be very fun. You can get tickets at ohgodshow.com. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great—it's it's weirdly like a fun, light, 
look at a very important topic. And God knows it's only becoming more topical by the day. Another, tr- another sad thing. I think Roe v. Wade's going to get overturned while I'm doing Ooh, the show. So <laughs> just real chill, real cool. Boy, yeah, it becomes uh, topical, then it becomes nostalgic in the yes, run of the show. Within six weeks. Um, so I'm very sad that I'll be missing some movies, but I think we're going to cover some movies that I've seen Yes, um, yep. in that month. That's really going to, I think, so. I, I know that people are dying for us to talk about some mm-hmm. of these big movies that we haven't quite solved yet. So Yeah, the four movies that Allison has seen. Yeah, the four movies I've seen. Um, different very funny great people will be uh, sitting in for me um, and reacting to all of Hallie's spookiest scares. I will be. I will miss it, but I think it will be. I think that. I think it'll be very fun for everybody. Absolutely, we're going to keep a chair open for you, and the chair will just be covered in slime and snakes oh, and spikes. So as soon slime. as you come back, oh, so much slime! Slime, sta- slime, snakes, and spikes—the three S's of horror. Exactly. Um, but we'll be ready whenever you are to come back. I will be back. You won't even realize I was gone. It'll be so fast. Um, <laughs> so that's something that's going on. And also, you guys, we have been begging you and we continue to beg you. Please leave us five-star reviews with a, a, a spooky review with your five-star rating. And we, we've we got a good one that's from just this past week that I would like to read. Please. Um, it was from is left by Bloomsbury. Great. And the title is Hallison? Halloween? What year is it? <laughs> one of them told me to murder the other. Mm. One of them begged me to murder the other. One of them paid me to murder the other, but I won't say who. Oh, my God. Which one of us is dead? Which one of us paid for the other to be dead? Um, You know, I mean, I guess I would say it's maybe me paying for you. But, like, you know I'm not going to spend that kind of money. No. I mean, mean? what's the budget budget for a podcast partner murder? I mean, it can't be low. It's got to be high. And also, I mean, yeah, we're certainly not the first podcast where the hosts have considered it. I also think no, <laughs> listening to true crime, which or watching true crime, which I I, I have uh, quite a bit. We mm-hmm. all know by now if you contact a hitman online, online, it is the FBI. Like it is somebody pretending to be hitman to trap you. So don't do it. This don't obviously. Thank you very much, it. Bloomsbury, the one yes. good hit person still out there doing the work. Yes, keeping um, things close to the vest. So keep, uh, if you like the podcast, uh, we are slaves to the algorithm as we are in all of our lives, but especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, I don't think you can rate on Spotify, but if you use Apple Podcasts, leave us. Spotify, it's like one bad decision after another. (laughs) Um, If you can leave us a five-star rating and a spooky review, we will read it on the podcast. Um, And we are, of course, closing out our month, rather, of found footage films, our our second found footage month. (laughs) Uh, yeah, one sixth of the year, and we are doing it with a one that I I saw. I kind of must have seen it on Shutter. Really enjoyed it, um, and we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. And the trailer was for the film they're watching. Mm-hmm. Allison, what do you think of the film's trailer? I mean, I really, and I don't know, like, how if the film follows this framework, but, like, setting it up at first as kind of like a House Hunters International episode, really just, like, that's very fun. Um, yeah. Those all look like, like, the real show always looks like it could quickly turn horror. Like, it's like, oh, this couple is buying a house on a cliff. Why? Um, and then they can't get past paint colors and they decide not to buy the house because they don't understand that you could just change those. Lo- 
I love that. And then also, like, Moldova is, like, it is a country I know nothing about except that it is scary um, from it being used as, like, a spooky, mysterious place in Eastern Europe where things happen. Yeah, it's, it has the the feel of a, you know, it, having grown up of, in a certain era, sort yes. of the, the specter of the USSR, the United States— Yes. But then also, which I, well, here we are once again, uh, once time again. repeating itself. Um, but also the idea of the again, not that Transylvania is in Moldova, but a certain a certain element of um, the the European sort of um, aristocratic, the ancientness of Europe. I think yes. as Americans, it's like if it's not a strip mall, if there's not a, a Chili's in it. Right. My God, you know, like, it, that anything is possible. And I yes. think this is a good example of, like, who's to say what's happening over there? It's like, well, it's the same thing as here. They have also have the equivalent of the chilies. Yes. But in film, you know, it has this, this gravitas that you're not going to get out of Ohio. Right. Yeah, this looks like a super scary one. And I've also, I've only watched House Hunters a little bit, but I do remember a constant complaint was that there wasn't a wet bar in the basement. Mm. And I also thought, I'm like, that seems like something you could do, take on as a project yourself. And that's not like redoing a kitchen. Like, that's a real, like, easy lift if, like, if you have enough money to buy a house and you're going to do some work on it, like, what could that possibly (laughs) cost? It's, like, literally just, like, some wood. And speaking of our assessment of, of Moldova, Allison, we also take it baseline scary before we start the uh, ruining the film. Mm-hmm. How scary do you find the concept of being the obnoxious American? Oof. I mean, terrifying in a very social sense. Um, mm-hmm. I have not done a lot of traveling in places that I found to be scary. Like, I stick with, like, metropolitan, you know, Paris, London, you know, all that crap. For the for for the reason that I don't want to be like a jackass, like ruining somebody's small town, because I'm like, do you have a Chase Bank? Um, right. So I need my identity stolen in another language. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's. I think there is, and I I don't. We'll find out. But like from a language perspective, like, can this woman communicate with the rest of the town that she's in? Um, they have a, a, a basically a translator. So they have somebody with them who is Moldovan. See, that feels so scary. Your like your lifeline to like getting by as one person. Yeah, and in reality, obviously, we know that if you were to go to Moldova, it would just be annoying to everyone who has to deal with you. Yep. But in the film, the film posits annoying in what way? Are you there? You know, and then it's like also if you don't speak the language, who do you who, do you know who is? Um, Against you or for you, who is yes. supporting you, who is yes. um, planning your untimely demise. And, of course, Allison, before we get started ruining their watching, would you like to guess the twist? Guess the twist. Ooh, I mean, I know there's stuff about a witch. Mm-hmm. I feel like the woman who bought the house is the witch. Great. Like she, like she, like comes there under the guise of being like an American who wants a vacation home or like a what like to be an expat or whatever. But in reality, like she's been alive forever, and she is this like witch that haunts this area. Love it, absolutely love it. She's got red hair. She's already scary. I mean, and again, you know, we don't want to trade in these. You know, oh, but that's, redheads are evil on film. But- on film. On film. 
in film, I was yeah. If you're you are an other, you're an alien. Yes. Unfortunately, if you're a redhead, you are a witch. You are yes. a vampire. I know it's, plenty of redheads. I'm not afraid of them in life, but on film, when no one else no, is, it feels like great. such an obvious. You know, this one's different. Yeah, I went to Notre Dame and knew so many redheads. Oh yeah, I bet. and I feel like. I got to say, none of them are witches. I don't know what they're up no. to now, I'll be honest. Yeah. But I, I doubt it's witchery. At the time, they weren't. And uh, it doesn't seem like something you pick up, like, after grad school. Right, yeah. You got to be, you got to, that's got to be something you get into as a teen, I think. Yeah. All right, so let us begin. And, of course, everything is shot, found footage style. So it's, um, fortunately, because as we saw in the trailer, a film crew shooting a house hunting show. So there are a ton of cameras in play. And we open on a camera person running behind a blonde woman who he calls to and calls Sarah. They're dashing through the woods, and they say two villagers erecting sort of a gigantic um, pole, like maybe a pole that you would strap someone to if you wanted to set them on fire. Let's say, for example, oh okay, if you're building a pyre, yes. And a third villager, villager who will meet later the constable shouts this way, this way, trying to help them. But when Sarah runs to the constable, he buries an axe in her head and then points his gun down the barrel of the camera at the cameraman who is screaming. Cut to the jaunty little intro to a House Hunters International parody called Home Hunters Global with Kate Banks. And we hear Kate's sort of effervescent, bubbly host narration. She'd be trading a modern city of 8 million people for a rustic village of 200. So rustic that the local legend contends that there was once a witch burning here. And we meet house hunter Becky, the redhead in the trailer. She is a successful artist at Potter and as we said, a fabulous redhead who is looking for a home in Moldova because it is a home country of her boyfriend, Goran, who is a I wasn't clear if he was a professional soccer player or a former professional soccer player, but he is, you know, someone with a little bit of a cachet. Mm-hmm. And they met at a bar in Lisbon, and it just, they, you know, she's been in L.A. for 10 years, and she's finally ready to make the move to Gorin's country. And based on her budget, which is very minimal, again, she's mm-hmm. a potter. Okay. <laughs> they meet up with a real estate agent named Vladimir Falat. And Vladimir directs them to a village that's, like, way outside of the, um, the capital called Pavlovka. And he's they're saying it's, like, it's quaint, it's gorgeous, and it is beautiful. I'm not sure where they filmed yeah. this. But it's um, stunning, and there's a legend in the town that they once had a witch burning. And, and Vladimir reassures her, but the people are much friendlier now. Don't worry. We'll see. He takes them to a house that has been vacant for a long time. And Becky's very, like— I'm up for a fixer-upper, but Gorin's like, no one can fix this. This is the biggest dump. And it does call the question, like, what is the budget that Becky is working with? It is falling down. They have to do that classic. They turn on the— You may as well just start a new house. Yeah, like you're buying the property and then just put, like, a prefab on. Again, I've seen these shows. Yes. It 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 doesn't make sense. I mean, but Vladimir's like, no, it has good bones. Sure, when you pull the pump— uh, green water pours out, which isn't okay. a great sign. Also, good bones. I've never, like, realized what a spooky uh, yeah. phrase that is. Like Good bones. Good bones in this house. <laughs> um, but he's, like, trying to pitch them, like, oh, there's sort of a shed in the backyard. You could use it for your pottery studio because it has a bread oven in it. She's like, oh, my God, I love that. I, while they're staying there, a black cat leaps out of the bread oven. And not a great sign. No. 
and he takes them down into the cellar. He's like, you know, there used to be like a, um, I would say a suppository, a repository for <laughs> wine. So there's like a stone a wine, wine suppository. I think that's butt chugging. Isn't that what that right. was? But for a classy lady of a certain yes, of age. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I would take a wine suppository for sure. Yeah, wouldn't upset my stomach as much. It, I, I mean, there's probably like there's, so there's like a wine stomping pit in the basement. Okay. And there's a mural on the floor, but it's all covered in like grime. And they yeah. explain like, oh, people were burning torches for lamplight. It's that old. And um, so everything's covered. And she's like, oh, my God, this is a find. This is incredible. No. Corin is like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. This house well, is a I, mess. Like, we don't have to do this. And Becky's like, no, I've fallen in love with it. I'm going to redo it. So we are now catching up. The crew is headed back to Moldova six months later to see the transformation. Six months and is not a lot of time. Not at all. In, I was you like, know, maybe in home renovations, year. you know, we all know yeah. a contractor do- job when we see it. Like, yeah, I'm like, maybe a year it would be totally done. But six yeah. months does seem very fast. And it's like, you got to find people, you got to source materials. Like, you have to do the work. Like, yeah. And in their outro, we sort of see it like, I will cut back to Becky and Gorn in six months. Gorn, like, uh, Becky reaches out to hold Gorn's hand and he kind of shakes it off and reaches into his pocket and get his smokes. So we could already tell, like, mm. something is up with their mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. But it's six months later and the home hunters uh, crew is headed back to uh, Moldova and we meet the crew. So we have Alex and Greg and Greg is basically the cameraman and Alex does sound and okay. Sarah has joined them. And we, Sarah's like a very young and new and they're like, how do you get this job? It turns out that her uncle is the executive producer of the show. So his name so is Wallace. now. Nepotism well, is she's, rampant. Yeah. Well, and then they, they make, they're like, oh, it's Miss Nepotism over here. She went to film school. So it's sort of like she's going to be sh- helping shoot this and sort of learn how to actually shoot anything outside yeah. of like a school setting. Right. And they're like, oh, that's so great. You know, like that you got this sweet, cushy job because your, da- your dad is Wallace, like our boss's boss. And Sarah's like, listen, I have the skills. Like, I know you're just, like, ragging on me, but, like, I can't do this. And also, it's like, well, this is a house hunting show. This is not, you know, like. Right. You're not, like. Going to Antarctica and shooting a penguin. Yeah. Making Casablanca. Or, or which is the pe- Casablanca of penguins, as we know. Mm-hmm. And so they're driving from the airport to Pavlovka. And the guys are like, "I'm." we're betting money that they did not do anything at all. This happens all the time. We contact them. We come back in six months. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on. I'm going to be done. We go there. Nobody has changed anything. Yes. And it's always such a letdown. And Kate, the host, if that happens, she's going to fucking freak out. And apparently she's a monster to work with. And oh. Sarah's like, Kate seems nice. Like, you guys are exaggerating. And we also find out that Greg, the cameraman, was in Afghanistan. And Alex is a huge, weird asshole about this. And he's like, oh, yeah, Greg, the only thing he shot in Afghanistan was the news. Bitch, good. Like, it's like, that That seems like a positive thing. You know? Yes, that's like, what you're there for. Also, I'm sorry, you're too, like, it's like, he had this incredibly difficult, traumatic job, like, and now you're going to, like, make fun of him. Again, you work at a house hunter show. Like, this is, right. like, some, you know, Academy Award film. Where's the moral superiority and artistic superiority yeah. in that? Like, come on, man. As soon as Greg and Sarah, like, sort of lay eyes on each other, they're immediately flirting. So Greg and okay. Sarah, and Alex is, you could tell, jealous, because Sarah's, like, okay. beautiful. Also, both Alex and Greg are babes. So at first she's like, oh, is she going to flirt with one of them? But she clearly is interested in Greg from the jump. 
And that might be because Alex is the most annoying character we've had in a movie recently. And he does, like, this horrible tour guide voice as they drive to town. Like, the average Moldovan believes in vampires and has four teeth, not to mention beats the world record in tuberculosis and alcohol consumption. And it's like, oh, he's the obnoxious American. Yes. And and they do a good job because I can't wait to see this guy get murdered. Yeah, I'm already, like, in for his death. Yeah. And as they drive into town, they drive past sort of, like, a hostile-looking grandma Mm -hmm. glaring at them. And I was like, oh, my God, is that your mom? Like, do you mind if I ask her out? And they're like, <laughs> I'm sure that isn't a portent of what's to, go, what's to come. Not at all. And, yeah, I wrote, enjoy dying in that creepy basement, Alex. <laughs> like, I already can't stand you. So they, they get to the hotel, which is, again, like the one hotel in town. Like, this is a small town, and then the house is way far out of town. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're moving into a rural and rural, a rural setting, a rural setting. And Kate is screaming at the hotel desk clerk about a cockroach. And he's like, ma'am, I'm 17. I don't, like, and I don't speak English. Like, I please yeah. stop screaming. What do you want me to do? And she's, uh, Vladimir is there, and he's tra- obviously trying to mediate. Like, it's okay, you know, like, we're, it's going to be fine. And they, as they, Kate screams at them, you're late. You're three hours late. Unload the van and go to your room. And so they take Sarah up and they sort of like lay out, like, here's how we're going to shoot this. Kate's the host again? Um, yeah, Kate is a host okay. and a nightmare to work with. Got it. So Alex, Sarah, and Greg go up to the rooms and then Alex and Greg tell Sarah sort of this is what your duties will be as the new person. So it's mostly like you're taking care, like you're tracking the batteries. What do we have that, you know, in case we need to switch something out? Your cords, you know, all the, like the grunt work that nobody yes. wants to do. You're, you doing, you're, P- you're a PA. And um, it's, and she's like, well, when do I get to shoot something? Like, I studied film class. And they're like, you could have camera three, which is just a little handheld guy. And we also have chest cameras. So Sarah has a chest camera. And so they have a ton of different, like, Angles. lenses at play. Yeah. And they also have walkie-talkies, of course, because they're going to be on set. Uh, and they, Alex starts to allude to, he's like, you know, the camera has, even has night vision in case you want to, I don't know, hook up with the buyer. And she's like, why would I want to hook up with this lady? I don't, I don't know. So that's our first intimation is somebody has done something sexy with one of the buyers in the past. Yes. Something has happened. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And they set out into the streets of Pavlovka to shoot B-roll. And it's like beautiful and like cobblestones and every time they turn a corner, that same menacing grandma is standing there staring at them. Mm. And they're, of course, like, oh, we're Americans. We're kind of being dumb. At one point, they are, like, dancing in the street and, like, goofing around in this, again, very irritating way. And they keep running into different Pavlovka residents who are like, who the fuck are you? Like, very, not necessarily hostile, but, like, has no interest in interacting with these Americans. Yes. Um, and Alex is very excited because like, he there's some candy bar he likes called a doina, and he finds it in a shop. So they do like a choreographed like doina commercial, even though Kate has been very clear about um, none of them being on camera. She's like, no, we don't hear you. We don't see you. I am on camera. Nobody else is. Everyone lives in a world where I am just here by myself, basically. Um, but Alex had some funny lines. At one point, like, a terrifying long-haired guy sort of looms out of a doorway. And Alex says, ladies and gentlemen, the president of Moldova, which I thought was fun. <laughs> yes. And at one point, Alex is, is shooting Greg and Sarah from a distance, and they're obviously flirting. And he's doing this, like, obnoxious voice, like, oh, Greg, fuck me like you fucked the Taliban. Just then, a guy walks up to Alex, and he sort of flashes a bag. 
uh, of weed. And so Alex goes off with him to like a, sort of a, an alleyway to um, buy drugs. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Greg and Sarah wander up to a church and we see that there's a service starting and residents are streaming in. And the priest, who doesn't speak English, sees them and communicates to them, do not bring cameras in here. This is a church. Yes. And Greg and Sarah were about to just go in with, like, clearly, like, not even, like, just the chest camera. Like, they're like clearly holding foot- cameras. Yeah. And I'm like, Equipment. that would be rude he- and here. That would be rude anywhere. Like, yeah, that's, that's not like, not, oh, no, okay. we don't understand the customs. It's like, if you were to walk into a Catholic church in the middle of church and start recording it, everyone would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? Um, however, they agree to leave their stuff outside, but Sarah has the chest cam. So they go in and they start filming, you know, what they assume is a regular service. Allison, it is not a regular service. It is the funeral not. for three children. Oh, my God. Who are sort of draped in, like, these, like, beautiful white satin coffins. And Sarah also sees on the wall there's a fresco of a woman being set on fire. Again, an allusion to this myth we already know about the witch. Um, witch. Sarah has the wherewithal to be like, this is inappropriate. We shouldn't yes. be here. But they're kind of blocked in because, like, when they went to the pew, like, other people filled in. So they they can't really get past them. And, like, yeah. everyone's like, what are these Americans doing? Yeah. Suddenly. Um, also, I really, I want to say, like, thanks, Amazon, for telling me when they're speaking Moldovan that it just says speaking in a foreign language. They're speaking in actual language. Just translate it, you know? Yeah. Suddenly. Sarah's walkie-talkie just blares to life, and it's Kate screaming at them to come back to the hotel. Everyone in church turns around to stare at them. In the middle of a children's funeral? A triple children's funeral. The event of the season. No, but it would be incredibly (laughs) devastating. Next thing we know, we see Sarah's filming. As the villagers are kind of manhandling Greg, like, out of the church, like, really angrily, and the priest and the constable um, try to break it up. And the constable's the only person who speaks English. And they're like, I told them you didn't know that it wasn't appropriate to film the funeral, which we both know is a lie. I, You do know that. So you need to get the fuck out of here. Everyone here is very upset. And it's like, okay, thank you yes. for giving me that. And Greg and Sarah hustle off to the hotel, basically through a gauntlet of angry villagers glaring them down. So if they already weren't off to the best start with the people in this town, now all of them are like, all oh, these fucking Americans came and filled the children's funeral we were having. Yeah, and the I'm sure like day of anyone's life here. Most of the people in the town are at that funeral. Like when when exactly. that kind of tragedy happens, like that everybody goes to like mourn and kind of process. So like that's, yeah. you're now on the outs with the entire town. Yeah, and so Greg and Sarah stumble back to the hotel, and they're like, oh, no, um, we filmed a funeral for three kids. And uh, Vladimir's like, yeah, like, it's incredibly sad. A lot of people here don't believe in immunization. Like, it, it's it's kind of more co- common here. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's even yeah. irrelevant here as well. Like, <laughs> implying, oh, yes, the reason that there was a multiple child funeral is sadly because people don't believe in immunization. Um, and Vladimir, uh, so they, they drive out to Becky's house, even though they were supposed to go in the morning and shoot, but the, the crew was delayed getting in. So now we're sort of racing against the clock to have enough light to shoot this place. And Vladimir comes along. He's like, you know, Becky and I have become friends over the last six months. Like I'm, he basically clearly is like wants more screen time. So he's like hogging, like, I'm a huge part of this too. It's like, you, you're technically not supposed to be here, but. Um, Alex says to Kate, I hope Becky fixed up that barn. You remember that barn, Kate? 
Greg, you should take Sarah out to the barn. And when we turn, Kate is just glaring daggers at Alex. Allison, something happened in the barn. Oh, Something no. sexy happened in the barn. Okay. Nothing says sexy like a barn. Oh, yeah. Oh, like the draft that comes in between the wooden yeah. slates. Ooh, a cat nothing that gets there. me going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of rusty nails on the ground. Hey. <laughs> Sexy times. So they drive again. They're already in a small town. They are driving in the middle of nowhere. And they pass on the side of the road, like about a dozen villagers with axes. And Vladimir's like, yeah, people chop down trees for firewood. Again, that's a lot of things that you're t- clocking is abnormal is just how things are done. We live in a rural area. They arrive at Becky's house and it is gorgeous. Like it's this fairy tale cottage. It's yellow with green trim and it's sort of like a red, like a gingerbread type designs on it. And Becky's like, oh my God, thank you so much. I'm really sorry to tell you that Goran is traveling and he's not going to be back for two days. So he Mm. might miss you. And yeah. And Greg's like, I'm really sorry we got here so late. I We don't have light to shoot the outside of the house. So we pro- we have to come back in the morning to really start filming. And Peggy's like, no, come on in. I have Starbucks. And Sarah's like, oh, my God, Starbucks. Because, of course, there's no Starbucks in town. Where did she get Starbucks? I I assume that she had, like, the pods or, like, the instant coffee. I because see. it's not yeah, like yeah, she's yeah. like, I drove to the Capitol Right. 11 hours away or whatever. Like, I think she must have had coffee. And she's Some like, I'm Starbucks. Of, really, yeah. I have, you know, the bagged coffee that is like any other yes. coffee. Some frappuccinos and glass bottles. Oh, my God. If only. Yeah, at I least mean. she just opens a gigantic fridge. It's just the, you know, espresso shots. So they step into the home. And Becky immediately is like, you have to see what I did with a cellar. It looks incredible. I want to show you the mural, everything. Like, on the, it was on the floor. Right. And Kate says, no, Greg's right. We're just going to come back in the morning and start, like, a full day of shooting and, and really knock this out. And as they go, Becky tells Sarah, like, I saw you sort of flirting with Greg. And I thought Greg, when I met him six months ago, was so cute. So, like, you should go for it. And Sarah's like, I mean, you're crazy. But, like, obviously she's going to. Yeah. Also, back to a weird hotel. thing for this lady to say. A hundred percent. It's like, I, I've seen you for two minutes and we didn't even meet six months ago. You're new to the crew. You should fuck Greg. It's like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they get back to the hotel and Vladimir says like okay great everyone change shower we're gonna meet in the lobby in 15 minutes and I'm gonna take you to the one restaurant in town we're gonna have a great time um, in in the interim Sarah goes to Greg's room and they sort of like do fake interviews like flirting with each other mm-hmm. and Greg admits that one time he and Alex got into a physical fight during a shoot because Alex sucks and he punched oh, Alex yeah. in the face but neither of them were fired okay. and Sarah jokes about her life of tragedy. She's like, oh, my God, I have lived through such horrible things. When, like when Harvard refused to give me a personal parking space, like poking fun at herself. Mm-hmm. And Sarah says, oh, like, do you even have the camera on while we're, like, fake interviewing each other? And Greg says, I don't want to miss anything. But then when he leans in to kiss Sarah, she says, what's all this talk about Gorin? Like, I feel like every time his name comes up, Alex is like, oh, yeah, Kate, Gorin. Allison... Alex and Kate show her the video. And the video is when they were six months ago, they surreptitiously, accidentally recorded Kate having sex with Goran in the barn. Oh, boy. Yes. 
So in the video, Vladimir is walking with Greg. They're trying to find Gorn for like a one-on-one interview for the episode. And Vladimir's like, if you have friends in Afghanistan, I have friends in Romania. Maybe you could hook me up with some names. And Greg's like, Vladimir, are you trying to smuggle heroin? And Vladimir's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Wink. (laughs) And Greg and Vladimir walk into the barn looking for Gorn. And they are full on having sex. They, of course, both freak out and... But Vladimir and Greg convinced them that the camera wasn't on. Like, Greg was holding it, like, sort of down near his legs. So he's like, it wasn't on. I wasn't filming you. We won't tell anybody. Whatever. But And Sarah watches the video, and she's like, can we watch it again? Because I just, there's something about the, in the video that bumped me, and I just want to see what it was. I saw something, and I, I, I need to rewatch it to see what exactly I was looking at. Yes. However, just then, Kate calls them down to dinner. So everyone's like, hooray, dinner, and runs out. Sarah's the last person to leave, and she runs into that old menacing grandma in the hallway. And the grandma prays over Sarah before telling her, now go, go home. Allison, at this point, if you were Sarah, what would you do? What would you do? Um, I'm going home. I'm going home. Like, clearly I have the resources to get it plane ticket out of there because my yeah. dad is the boss of the network. Yes. And I'm just going to leave. Uncle, and sorry. Your uncle. Uncle, I'm sorry. Either way, somebody can help me get out of Moldova and get home. Yeah. I'm listening to this woman. Um, And also, like, even, like, separate from that, like, you're in, like, a very toxic work environment. <laughs> oh, yeah. At one point, Sarah's like, oh, I guess you guys haven't heard of sexual harassment. And it's constantly, like... Sex jokes and, like, inappropriate, like... And then, like, you know that your boss had, like, sex with this guy at work who was the boyfriend of the client, like, the person who filmed filmed it? Yeah. And now you've watched it? Like, this is all, like... I mean, I guess this is great preparation for her working in the entertainment industry, but, like... Yeah, you got me there. But, but I will say, like, even all... I'd be like, this is wrong. Like, this all feels wrong. I don't like this. We, like, we're at a child... Like, a children's funeral earlier, and now I know yeah. my boss fucked this guy, <laughs> and now this woman's telling me to leave. I'm leaving. Yeah, I completely agree. Hit the press. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, Alex and Greg are sort of like, it's great that we have this video because then, like, Kate can never fire us. And I was like, I think this is one of those quid pro quo situations that are, like, extremely illegal, like, no matter yeah. where you're at, you know? That is objectively sexual blackmail. Yeah. Um, but, hey, hey, that's House Hunters International, you know? I mean, that's, that's going to happen when you're filming your <laughs> that's reality the game. show, I guess. If you're looking for a house, this is the kind of thing that happens, okay? Yes. <laughs> Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. 
All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Um, so they all get together in the lobby, and Vladimir takes them to the only restaurant in town, and he tells them that the um, name translates to the burning stake. Unsurprisingly, some of the guys who are at the church are there. Again, it's the only place. So it's like a restaurant, but also a bar. You know, it's like clearly that's what everyone goes at night. But the crew all decides they, they vodka's all around and they start to get sloppy drunk. And they're getting mm. drunker and drunker. And it's like, you already crashed a children's funeral. Why are you getting blackout drunk? In front of all these people who are, like, only going to think even worse of you, you know? And, like, you have a full day of shooting tomorrow. Exactly. And you're only supposed to be there one more day. So it's like you have to get, like, 12 hours of footage in and then go to sleep and then go to the airport. So they're getting super drunk and they're wasted as more and more of the village men start silently filling the restaurant and they're all staring at them. Mm -hmm. Finally, Vladimir tells them the story of the witch from the town. Beautiful woman builds home outside Pavlovka, but she is stranger. And these were very cautious times. So one day it happens in town. The cattle get sick. Children get sick. People start to die. Villagers want to know why. Why is this happening? Who is to blame? And he says, a hundred years ago, only a hundred. That is not a long time ago. Yeah, and he says that too, because at one point Greg's like, well, we had, you know, which, not burnings in in the United States, but hangings and and other drownings and horrible things. Yes. And uh, Vladimir's like, yeah, that was 400 years ago. This is a hundred years ago, dude. That's how Mm. recent this was. Mm. He says, a hundred years ago, a beautiful single woman moved near outside of town. Then the cattle get sick. Children get sick. People start to die. They blame this newcomer, this woman, because they don't know about germ theory. You know, she doesn't go to church. She has a black cat. Ergo, this woman must be a witch. The villagers tie her to a stake and they burn her alive. That's when Alex realizes, wait a minute, the restaurant is called the burning steak, not the burning steak like the food. And they're like, oh, that's so clever. How funny. Very clever. How prescient. So they walk home wasted. And again, the the constable's trying to like break up a fight between two drunk guys. But as soon as the American crew walks by, all of them turn and stand and stare at them. And it is now the next morning. It's Friday morning. And Sarah shows, he's like, oh, look at this. And she takes the camera. And the grandma is standing outside the hotel, just staring up at her window and has been for 20 minutes. Again, I would leave. I'd be out of there. Yeah. Not for me. It's just not for me. Yeah. Super hungover, they all prepare to roll out to Becky's house. And then the constable shows up with about four other villagers, and he talks to Kate. He's like, okay, so when are you guys leaving? Are you leaving today? And Kate reassures him, yes, this is our last day of shooting, and then we are headed out of town. And the constable's like, great. I just want to make sure that you won't be staying longer. And they say, nope, don't worry about that. And they head out to Becky's house. And Becky's like, oh, my God, you guys look like you had a lot of fun. I never go into town, and I and I should go to town more often. And they interview Becky, and she's like, yeah, all my neighbors think I'm weird because, like, why would you choose to live this far out in the country? It's sort of bizarre. And she shows them her garden. She's got peppers. She's got mandrake. You know that thing that people just normally grow in their garden, mandrake root? Mandrake, of course. And Sarah's asking Becky about her garden from behind the camera. And Kate pulls Sarah's sign is like, 
You don't fucking talk when you're behind the camera. I am the host. If I want to ask questions about the garden, I will do it. We do not, we never hear the camera crew's voices. So I need you to shut the fuck up. And Sarah's very offended, but also it's like, she could have been nicer, but also that seems pretty standard if you're on a reality show. Like, you don't yeah, have a lot of you're not a participant. Right. Yeah. So Sarah starts away, but Greg and Alex are like, it's okay. You didn't, you know, you didn't know. Now you know, and you'll be quiet. That's what we do. And Becky keeps bothering them, like, you have to come see the cellar. And I will say the house did, looks great. They did a great job. You know, again, I don't know what their budget was, but they did a lot with the bones that existed. Yes. And the Becky shows bones. them that <laughs> great bones, even more and better bones in a minute here. And the shed, um, the shed is now her outside pottery studio. So she did take that bread oven and she's like, this was all gore and gore did like incredibly hard work on this. And as a tribute to like the cat that jumped out of the oven when we were in the first episode, she steps aside and realizes and shows them like a cat sculpture that she made out of pottery. And Sarah, without thinking, goes, oh, you made a cat. And, and Kate goes ballistic and is like, I told you not to talk behind the camera. And she sends her out into the woods to just shoot B-roll. And so Sarah's like crushed and she wa- she's walking around alone and she's narrating the whole thing, which I'm, again, Kate will find incredibly annoying. Yes. And she's, she shows us the barn and then she goes around the side and we realize that only the side of the barn is painted. Like the, the back has been left undone. She's like, huh, I guess Becky and Gordon ran out of steam. You know, they weren't able to finish the project. Interesting. Allison, there are also frogs everywhere. Mm, why? And in the woods, Sarah finds these smoldering remains of a post and sort of like a burnt circle of ash. And she stares at it as the sounds of frogs grow louder and louder and her camera starts to glitch out. Cut to, we see Sarah asking Alex about the camera and he sends her to Greg to fix it. And it's working fine now. Yeah, but what about the frogs? (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, like, just turn it on and off, like... Every camera, yeah. even if it's working, like, sometimes will get fucked up. So don't worry yeah. about it. And Sarah's like, oh, I guess that's, that's a reasonable explanation. Sure, I guess. Outside, Kate has taken up one of the cameras because she's like, I can't deal with Sarah, so I'm just going to film this. She sees a bunch of villagers slowly start to emerge out of the woods across the street, including the menacing grandmother. And they're all just staring at them. But she's assuming, oh. Everyone loves to watch a shoot, you know, like they're probably yeah. fans of the show. They want to watch us film. Hello, you know, being unaware yes. of, of the import of it. And inside, just as Becky is finally going to take them into the cellar, a stray dog that has wandered out of the woods attacks Alex. Oh, my God. Ripping his arm open. And there's blood ah. gushing everywhere. And the dog only stops because the constable, who is one of those people who are emerging out of the woods, shoots and kills the dog. And they throw Alex into the van and they rush into the only doctor in town who is also the butcher. And Kate is furious. She's like, how am I going to finish this? We were supposed to finish the episode and we barely got halfway through. How am I going to finish this episode with a bunch of fuck-ups? And it's like, well, he didn't fuck up like a rabid dog attacked him. That seems like that's not on Alex, you know? Yeah, that's not like for all of his many, many missteps as like an asshole American in another country and just kind of a piece of shit coworker. A dog biting him is not his fault. 
And Kate storms out to get some air, and, and Greg tells Sarah, like, Alex is going to be fine. I, that was I've seen a lot more blood. And Sarah, like, tries to ask him, like, what happened in Afghanistan? Which it's like, girl, there's a time and a place, and, like, rarely is it in. It is not you know? now. Yeah. But Alex comes out, and he's all stitched up, and he's on painkillers. He's like, I'm feeling good. I'm great. Let's go drink. Back at the same restaurant— so, because they've had to basically like they're gonna finish Wrap shooting the, the the next morning, yeah, and then their flight's not to the evening. So they're like, if we just shoot a couple hours, get in the van, drive to the capital, we should be fine. And of course, that is we all know by now that's not what's going to happen, right? But they're getting drunk and they notice there's all these villagers staring at them in the restaurant. So Greg has a smart idea. Oh, we'll just buy everyone around. So they buy everyone a restaurant vodka. And they cheers, and that goes a, whole, a long way. Like, yeah. not everyone's not immediately warm, but, like, they start to, like, talk to them, and Vladimir's translating. And eventually, they're buying more and more rounds of drinks, and then everyone in the village is in the bar playing drinking games. And there's one where they put a coin on their, like, elbow, yes, and then and they flip their hand down it. and catch it in their hands. They're having a great time. Suddenly, Greg asks for a violin, and he starts to play. And what? then, like, Vladimir's playing an acoustic guitar, and he's playing that song that I only know from the Adams family, but I believe it's called like Hungarian Dance. If you, it, I feel like if you heard this song, you mm-hmm. would know it. But also, that means Greg can play the violin and just has been able to this entire time, which is great. I love that for him. Um, and so they're like they're having a blast, and Greg, uh, Sarah takes this opportunity to ask Greg. Um, are you drunk enough to tell you about Afghanistan, girl? You have known this man for two days. Like also, I know like even flirting, but like drunk enough is not. It's rude to ask him when he's very drunk to talk about yeah, exactly. what I assume is the it's most like, traumatic thing that he's ever lived through. Yeah, like that's yeah, like ask him when you're dead sober and you've known him for a long time, and then yes. maybe you could get into it. Be it's like if you're drunk, I just imagine it's incredibly emotional. I don't know. Yeah, it's like yeah, oh, great, it's, we're having a good time. Do you want to talk about this horrible thing that happened? Yeah, it's just not the time. Yeah. Kate, meanwhile, is making out with this, like, gigantic bald villager. They're just making out in the corner of the room. And, you know, Vladimir's teaching everyone different words. And and the crew's asking him, like, oh, what's the word for beer? You know, what's the word for bedroom? Yeah. And, and Sarah asks Vladimir, what's the phrase for I'm sorry? And he tells her, and she tells Greg, I'm sorry. And he accepts her apology for asking about Afghanistan again. And right. everything's going great. Until Sarah asks, "What? How do you say which?" And Vladimir, who's like blackout drunk, tells her, and she screams it to the whole restaurant. The music stops. Mm-hmm. Everyone falls dead silent and turns and stares at her. The guy making out with Kate basically throws her off of him and gets up and comes over to the table. And the constable again has to hold everyone back and usher the Americans out. And they stumble back to the hotel. And Vladimir's like, it's not a big deal. Everyone was drunk. Like, you know, people at bars, like, get into fights all the time. Um, sure. Right. Kate is enraged. She's like, can we not be the fucking obnoxious Americans? Can we not be completely incompetent? In this case, I think Kate is correct. Like, why would you scream witch? Like, that makes no sense. Yes. Yes. Finally, it is the last morning they're going to be there. We got to get in. We got to get out. We got to shoot, shoot our shot. And then we are going to get our evening flights um, in the capital. Okay. In the morning, we see Greg put a camera around his chest. And everyone is super hungover and silently. They feel strange about the the evening's events. And they drive yes. back out to Becky's, as you would. 
when they arrive, there's a good dozen or so villagers in the woods watching Becky's house. Mm-hmm. And Becky's like, wait, so they're not with you? These aren't like extras you hired for like local color? I'll go talk to them. And Alex is like, Kate, you have to make a decision. Like, I feel like this is getting unsafe. We, we've obviously fucked up. I do not want to be here shooting and have some sort of altercation and have something no. go wrong. No. But Kate's not going to call it because Kate no. is committed to her house hunting show. Yes. So her thing is, we'll shoot it fast. We'll shoot a couple hours and we're going to get the fuck out of here. Also, Allison, nobody has any signal on their phones out here. Of so course not. Like, why, why, would you have, why would you have exactly. like, service? And Alex finally relents. And he's like, let's just fucking move it before they all go deliverance on us. And they just start, they're shooting. Everyone's shooting different things. Everyone's wandering around the house. We're getting outside shots. Like, they're yeah. really trying to move things along. Getting everything um, in the short amount of time as possible. Yeah, as they go through the house, we see a frog carved into the banister of the stairwell. And finally, Becky is able to take them into the cellar, which she's super excited about. She's completely redone it. And on the floor, there's a mural of a frog. And she said it was under all of this, like, a torch smoke, like, from, because this is, like, an incredibly old home. And she sent, she's like, I took images of this mural and I sent it to my friend in Florence. And he says that this dates back to the Roman Empire, which means, like, the foundation of the house is that old. And they're like, okay, that's pretty cool. We also see the wine vat, the wine grape stomping vat that she has basically covered over. And when Kate tries to pry up the top, Becky's like, oh, no, no, I just use that to store paint thinner and stuff. Like, I just put chemicals in there, you know, because of the smell. Becky takes in the far wall, and there's a curtain hanging in front of it. And she says, and here's the piece de resistance, and pulls back a sheet. And it is a giant mural of the witch story. We see dead cattle. We see dead little baby bundles. And we see a red-haired woman tied to a stake. And Mm -hmm. Vladimir's like, wow, like, that's crazy. Like, you're a very good painter, Becky. And Becky says, no, no, this was down here. We just didn't see it because it was all covered up with, like, the grime. This was here when I moved in. And they're all kind of like, oh, that seems a little unnerving, I suppose. Why would you keep it? And Becky also tells them, I'm painting a mural on this other wall. But unfortunately, I didn't finish it in time. I was hoping to finish it by the time you came back. And that is covered with a curtain, and we don't see it yet. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Meanwhile, mm-mm, Greg, mm-mm. Uh, Kate's just like, okay, we have fucking seven hours. Our fight leaves in seven hours. Greg will get, you know, like your equipment and come down and film everything down here. Greg goes up, and he calls him from the outside, and everyone runs out, and their van has been completely dismantled. Like, someone has come and just ripped the cords out of the, and the tubes, cords and tubes and, and what yes, have you. cords and tubes, out of however the, a car works. <laughs> couldn't tell you. Out of the engine. The car has been, it, it cannot drive. Undrivable. And, and they're like, okay, Becky, do you have a car? And Becky's like, um, I don't have a car. I have a bicycle. And I also don't have my own cell phone. I have I don't have a landline. I just have my cell phone, and I don't have service either. So they are stuck out there without a car. Also, don't these people want them to leave? Like, I mean, obviously, no, they don't. But at the same time, it's like, right? I would be like, oh, now I'm extra suspicious because, like, these people should want us the fuck out of here and not ruin our exactly. one source they of transportation be- to get out. Right, they should be waiting outside with maps to hand us. But, of course, yes. perhaps their intention is not for them to leave at all. Yes. And Kate's screaming at Sarah, like, none of this would have fucking happened if you hadn't screamed witch last night and, like, ruined all the goodwill we have. And Sarah, and you set out the villagers, and Sarah finally yells back, well, maybe I should have fucked them instead. And Kate looks horrified because Kate does not know about the video. 
and Sarah has essentially tipped their hand. Yes. And Kate lunges at Sarah, and they have to, like, break up the fight. Vladimir says, listen, I'm from here. I'm from Moldova. I'm going to just walk back to town. It'll take me a couple hours, but, like, I will get us a cab. Like, they they will they will not hate me as much as they hate you, you know? So they give him money for the cab, and Becky gives him a little knapsack, and Alex gives him one of his doina bars, and Vladimir walks three feet and has a heart attack. Just kidding. He's just playing around. But he does pretend oh. to have a heart attack, and everyone screams. He's like, I'm kidding. It's like, I hate you. I hate and that. And so Vladimir sets off. Pranks aren't he's fun. cheerfully. No. And he's, he sets off. Unfortunately, it does start torrentially raining, like, pretty soon after he leaves. So Becky invites them all in for coffee, and they're start, they're playing cards. But, of course, Kate is like, oh, my God, Wallace is going to kill me. How are we going to explain how we what happened, you know? Becky makes a comment, and Alex turns to her and says, what do you mean if the bridge is okay? And Becky says, well, last spring the bridge was washed out because it rained so much. And they're like, well, that can't happen now. And they're like, no, no, it just started raining. It, wouldn't, it would take hours of rain for that to happen. Okay. And we see Alex and Becky, they start to flirt. So they're making lunch for everybody, and they're clearly, like, vibing, you know, in the kitchen. Yuck. After lunch, Kate basically – was like, well, we're going to be trapped here for a couple hours, so I'm going to start screaming at my employees again. And she accuses Greg of taping her and Gorin and showing it to Sarah. And and Becky's in the room. And Becky's like, I'm not sure what we're talking about, but I don't – I'm going to excuse myself. Because she does not know where Who, this is yeah. going. Yeah. And and Kate has not explicitly said – I, with Gorin. Right. She said, "You, I know you have a tape of what happened. And Greg's like, no, Becky, this is your house. We could talk about this. And um, he sort of pulls Kate aside and is like, yeah, I, whatever. Just sort of like explaining what happened. Kate is getting angry and angrier. And they're kind of trying to shield Becky from hearing eh, that her boyfriend fucked Kate. Yeah. And in the meantime, Sarah's showing Becky how to like pull focus with the camera. And she zooms in on Kate saying, I begged Wallace not to make me come back here with you. Um, luckily in order to sort of like get her out of the house so she doesn't hear about the infidelity, mm-hmm. Sarah goes with Becky to the pottery kiln hut to sh- like see her work. Unfortunately, Allison, Becky opens the door. Then she immediately turns to puke in the kiln hut. Vladimir's crucified body <gasps> is ha- hanging from the ceiling with his eyes gouged out and everybody runs out to see him. And then a frog leaps out of his mouth, and they all run back into Becky's home and barricade them inside. Allison, at this point in the film, who do you think will survive? Who will survive? I think Alex and Kate are both goners for being shitbags in general. Um, I think Sarah and... Greg will survive. And okay. I think Becky is a witch. <laughs> now, unfortunately, I will just say the first scene we see is Sarah getting an axe thrown into her head. Oh. I remember at the beginning? Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, got it. Yeah. yeah. So okay. that was well, Sarah. Greg will live. Greg. Okay, great. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night. No matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale. Even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch. When it's not even Sunday. 
Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. So they're, they're trapped inside, and Kate says, I, I don't feel like we could, I don't feel safe here. I want to make a break for the woods. But everyone else is like, we don't have supplies. We don't have a compass. We're, like, the only what place. What do you mean, break for the woods? Right, the only place worse Where are you than going? being trapped in here is being loose in the woods that these villagers know better than us. Why would we do that? In the rain. And yeah. so Greg asks Becky, like, when is Goran's fight arriving? And she says, well, it's it gets in at 8, so then, like, he should be back here by 11 in the morning tomorrow. And so, like, okay, um, then we're just going to stay here overnight. We'll barricade ourselves. When Gorn comes, he'll have a car or maybe his phone will work. But if nothing else, we can sort of leap into his car. He's like, yeah, that's a great idea. What if he has a Vespa? What if those maniacs out yeah. there cut him up while they cut up Vladimir? Yeah. And Greg says, I'm making the decision. We're going to stay here till Gorn arrives. And Kate's like... Greg, this is my production. And Sarah says, and this is probably my favorite line, he's like, um, Kate, we're not making a show anymore. Um, <laughs> this is, it's over. Um, this yeah. is not going to be an episode. This is going to be evidence. is over. Yeah, and Kate's like, well, then why are you still filming? Which she is. And Greg's point is, everyone has to be filming from here on out because we need to record what is about to happen because yeah. it seems like things are about to go really far south. Mm-hmm. So when they find it, They'll at least know what's going on, you know. And for the first time, Kate has this realization where she's like, oh, my God, everyone hates me. All of you hate me. And it's like, yeah, you've done nothing but scream and berate people the entire time. Why would you not assume that people hated you, you know? Yeah. Listen, she's on her own journey, I suppose. So finally, it's nighttime. Alex can't sleep, so Greg says, okay, you and Kate could take the first watch, and then um, we'll, the rest of us will sleep, and then I and Sarah will come down and relieve you guys in a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So Sarah bunks with Becky, and while they're getting ready to sleep, Sarah's like, have you had any problems with the villagers? And Becky's like, I have gotten some weird stares in the markets. I don't go to church, so I really haven't like ingratiated myself to the community, so I'm sure that they, who knows what they think about me. In the middle of the night, Sarah wakes up horrified to hear sort of a thumping on the floor, only to find a frog, which she seems very relieved by. But I feel like, why is there a frog in the house? Why is there a frog inside? And especially after seeing all those frogs, I don't know. She's too calm about the frog, the indoor frog. Sarah, now that she's awake, she goes downstairs to, like, keep Alex and Kate company. Kate immediately fell asleep, he says. But Greg and Sarah are going to take over in an hour. So Sarah's like... Don't worry, just an hour more and you could go back to sleep yourself. Mm-hmm. And Alex is like, Kate's a gigantic bitch, but she is right. Like, what if Gorin is one of them? You know what I mean? Like, how do we can we trust Gorin? Like, for all we know, Gorin's going to show back up and be like, absolutely on board with this. We'll, you know. kill them all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what if he's one of them? And Sarah's like, well, Vladimir was one of them and they killed him. And he's like, well, great. What are they going to kill Gord? Like, that doesn't give me any solace. Yeah, like, that's have, worse. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, there's no way for us to, like, know. But it's like, again, what are you going to do? Run in, into the woods in the dark? Like, what are you talking about? That's not an option. Sarah goes to wake up Greg for their shift. And Greg wakes up screaming. And it's sort of obviously, like, this is tied to experience of the war. And as you can imagine, having Vladimir murdered and having barricaded your side inside a home, it's mm-hmm. bringing up a lot of stuff for him. Mm-hmm. So he finally tells her what happened in Afghanistan. And he says, like, they were shooting in an all-girls school. And so the idea is like, oh, we're showing you how much progress there has been. And when they were leaving, two Taliban, like just local officials show up. They break some windows. They burn books. And they're yelling at all the women. And then they leave. They just sort of like, it was like a, you know, dick measuring contest or whatever. Unfortunately, they see Greg and they see his camera and they decide, oh, this is an opportunity to make the news in America. Yeah. And Greg doesn't say what happens, but the implication is that they murder a 10-year-old girl in front of him. And I think the implication is that they behead her. Mm. And Greg admits, I didn't even try to stop them. And Sarah's like, well, it's not your fault. Like, you know, like they had guns, you know, whatever. And he's like, no, no, I didn't even try to stop them. I just filmed it. So Sarah puts down her camera and goes to him and holds him. And of course, Allison, they end up having sex, you know, yeah, out of this. Yeah, talking about that kind moment. of terrible trauma, but also revealing your role in it. Of course yeah. that leads to sex. Why wouldn't that lead to sex? It really gets me going when I just think, when I think about Afghanistan. Yes. <laughs> and the atrocities <laughs> that, that that we have committed there, that other people have committed there. Absolutely. Yes. That's the alternate foreplay. So um, we cut to they're getting dressed after they have sex and they go downstairs. And Sarah realized that she inadvertently filmed them, but like doesn't tell Greg and kind of laughs to herself. When they go downstairs, Alex is asleep. Kate is gone. And Alex wakes up like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see her go. Even worse, they hear her calling to them from outside. And Becky's like, I'm going to go out there and try to help her. And I was like, this is obviously a fucking trap. We're going to yeah. all go out there and we're going to be killed. Don't trust it. And uh, they talk Alex into forming a human chain and going outside. They're all holding each other. And Sarah's filming a night vision. Allison, they find Kate, who is now dead. She was dying. There was her mm. dying screams. Her dead body has been torn in half, intestines tumbling out, and nailed uh, to the innards. side of the barn. Above the the door of the barn, her innards are now outards. Oh Allison. no! Is she on the painted? Since we know only one She's, side yes. is painted, so it's like um, okay. yes, yeah. So like the the part that's green, like the painted front. She's above the door, basically of the barn. Ugh. Sort of like it's kind of midsummer, like uh, yeah. midsummer. Like it's kind yeah. of like a rustic, a rustic um, disembowelment, if you will. Yes. Alex, of course, screams or freaks out, and everyone's running back. In the chaos, Sarah films in the barn window and sees that there's an SUV parked inside. There is a car. Becky does have a car on her property, which she lied and said she hadn't earlier. Mm, They run back inside, and now Sarah's like, hey, Greg, can I talk to you about something real quick? Greg is we're screaming and trying to barricade the door, thinking, okay, the villagers have disemboweled Kate. Whatever it is can wait, you know? But she said she runs to Alex and it's like, um, I, their SUV's in the barn. Because the implication is that Gorin had taken the car when he left. And they're like, right. well, the car's here. So is Gorin also here somewhere? Gorin here? Sarah realizes something and she and Alex sort of go to their, their room and 
Sarah has Alex play the inadvertent sex tape again. Yes. And he's watching it. And in the background of the video, there's a window at the back of the barn, which we saw earlier. And standing in the window is Becky watching Goran and Kate. So she knew who donged this. She knew who donged this, Allison. She, she knew, knew who donged that. Who, that they had, that they, that Goran had cheated on her, that this had been happening. She knew she during knew. the uh, filming of the original episode. Mm, she, so, of so course, okay. Alex is putting okay. it together. It's like, okay, great. So she killed Goran. He's not here. He's not yep. traveling. She killed Kate. Great. She fucking disavowed Kate. Why did she have to kill Vladimir? Vlad, yeah. What did he do? And Sarah says, "I is it because he saw them? Because he and Greg walked in. So now she and Alex are like, oh, no, Greg. So they run down the living room, but they don't have time to tell Greg, hey, we figured out some stuff, and also I, we think Becky killed everybody up until now. Yeah, and it's pretty important to you. <laughs> yeah, you in particular seem like you're going to be the next target. Allison, they don't have time to tell Greg this because the villagers have successfully broken into the building with torches and are are able to shove the front door open. The only place to hide is the cellar. And so Becky grabs a fireplace poker, and in the chaos of everyone running into the basement, it gets jammed through Alex's arm. So it is like pierced his arm. He's screaming. He's down for the count. But they have to sort of like try to gag him as the villagers are ransacking the place because the villagers don't know where they are. So we hear the villagers running through the house looking for them. The camera starts glitching and going out. But luckily, Becky lights a lantern. So we have a little bit of light now. Oh, good. And Becky's Greg got says, Greg says, we have to take that poker out of you, which I don't think you should do. I think no, you should, there's a poker wedged in your arm. Because then you start bleeding. Yeah. yeah. I think in reality, you know... So they put they he goes over and he tears the cloth in front of Becky's unfinished mural and he jams it in Alex's mouth and he pulls the poker out. Mm-mm. However, Sarah can now see part of the mural and pulls back to the curtain. Allison, it is a mural of everything that has happened to them since they've reached Moldova. Oh my god! And it's done in this very midsummerland medieval way. So it's like yes. her and the crew flying on a bird to Moldova. Um, in in the mural, like. Her camera is an eyeball, so it's like her holding an eyeball to all these events. Yeah. Alex has an ear on a stick. We see there's Becky's house. We see Vladimir's death. We see Kate's death. Also, to point out, there's no way that Becky could have known that Sarah was going to be with them. Because Sarah was not a part of the original crew. Why is she on the mural? It's not like, yeah, she's not like, oh, I'm going to, this is my revenge mural for the infidelity of my partner and this Bitch. Right. I do love the idea of a, a revenge mural, though. I, I, I would fun. love revenge murals to become a thing. Finally, in the final image, we see fire consuming the crew, consuming the villagers, and above it all, Becky with the red hair streaming down. Becky mm. steps in front of the mural and asks, do you like it? And Sarah, of course, is freaking out. Greg's Obviously. like, okay, calm down, calm down. And she's calm like, down. no, she... She painted this. She planned this. Like, everything that has happened, she painted that mural. And Becky says, I didn't paint that. That was always here. I was always here. What? I was just waiting for Becky, for you. Becky, what are you talking about? So I think we're to think that Becky has been inhabited by the spirit of the witch. So when Becky showed up, okay, she was just a regular She was a regular lady. And the witch's spirit was waiting at the house for somebody to show up to inhabit. I and, see. 
And the mural she created eons ago. Like, that's been there mm-hmm. for as long as the mural on the floor has been. Mm-hmm. And Alex mm-hmm. is like, oh, my God, she's gone insane. Becky thinks she's a witch. And those hicks upstairs do, too. And Sarah finally realizes, oh, my God, they're not here to kill us. They're here to kill you. We just happen to be in the way. Yes. And Becky's like, no, no, you're not in the way. I want you here to record everything, like in the mural. I want Mm. evidence of what's about to happen. And Becky walks over to the vat, flips up the top, and it is full of blood, like a cauldron of blood with Goran's dead floating body in it. Oh, no, Goran. I mean, kind of a dick, Yeah. you know, I know. You don't deserve that. I, I mean, really went out the worst way possible. And Greg's still trying to reason with Becky, which I do think is funny. And he's like, okay, let's just calm down. It's like, it's over. She's a witch, dude. And there's a cauldron of blood. Becky reaches down with a ladle and slurps up some of the blood, corpse slurry. And uh, she sort of lifts the poker that had been pulled out of Alex's <sighs> arm. <sighs> Greg grabs it. And decks Becky across the face. Of course, she's, like, inhabited by an immortal witch, so. Yeah, like, nothing he, stopping her. She doesn't even phase her. Yeah. Allison, Becky turns and just disintegrates Greg. Greg literally di- turns into a vapor and disappears. Oh. Greg, R.I.P. A, a real one. Probably the best person in this. Yeah. I don't know that he, he could handle... More emotional baggage surviving this and going back. Like, you already had yeah. so much. Yeah. But he did his best, and Alex screams, grabs Sarah, and now they're running upstairs trying mm-hmm. to get out of the house. They run into the gigantic bald villager, villager that Kate was making out with at the restaurant, and he tries to shoot them, but just, like, again, they're just in the way. Like, yeah. so in his mind, it's like, oh, great, now the witches, like, minions are attacking me or something. Terrific. And... Sarah um, cracks him over the head with the camera and drops the camera. Alex picks it up, and then we are back in the shot we were at the beginning of the movie. Alex running behind Sarah, Sarah running out into the yard. And we have, like, we see, like, these, like, glowing, brilliant um, lights appearing at different parts in the yard. And also, all the villagers are fucking descending on the house to kill Mm. Becky. And because they're there... And the villagers don't know if they're what their business is. Also, them. So unfortunately, we see the same scene. We see the villagers putting up a post ostensibly to burn Becky, and Sarah, who runs the constable, who just splits her head with a fucking axe. Hey. And finally, it is just uh, Alex left, and the constable turns to shoot Alex. And just then, Becky arrives. And starts just fucking exploding people with her powers. So these oh. villagers are just. like goo everywhere, like a million different little pieces. And the camera keeps glitching as it's recording, like Becky. Yeah. She snaps the the gigantic post in two and sets them on fire. So now everything's on fire in the woods. She sees that he, she turns a villager into a pile of frogs and then the pile of frogs starts attacking another villager. Oh, of course the frogs are part of it. Yeah. And even the priest is there, and she gestures to the priest, and he is just um, dismembered. Like, he explodes. His cool. head flies off. And I will say the CGI effects are bad, but the practical effects are very good. Oh. So, like, the blood and sort of this dismemberment looks good. The actual, like, she kind of has, like, a little bit Explode. of lightning shooting out of her hands. Yeah. You know? It's, yeah. Gozer style. You know, it, you got to have the budget for that kind of thing. And a villager runs up to Alex, again, assuming you're in it with the witch, but his head melts off basically 
Mm-hmm. And Alex drops the camera as a group of villagers descend on him. And we see the camera float off the ground. And to Becky, who does sort of has like a, I'm ready for my close up Mr. DeMille moment before she sends the camera flying through the air and it uh, gores the, the circle of villagers. So we see the camera slam through the body of a villager and Ugh. then pierce Ugh. through the body of another villager and Ugh. then Ugh. two more times covered in blood. Yuck. Until it flies back into Alex's hands. And fi- he finally accepts, okay, you want me to film this? I'll film it. I mean, what, what choice do you have? Exactly. And he kind of runs to a distance and he turns and he films Becky as she takes on finally the menacing grandmother, the person who had been trying to warn them this whole time, mm-hmm. who's holding a cross. And Becky grabs the cross in her hand and the cross bursts into flames and she throws the grandmother to the ground. Becky appears behind Alex and says to him, you know, I used to have a painter and now I have a director unless you don't want to be my director. And Alex says, of course I will. Who doesn't want to direct? And Becky tells him, show everyone what I've done. And she hands him one of the other cameras from the crew. And then she dis- she disappears into a vapor and flies up into the air. And we see Alex turn the camera. He looks down and he goes, how the fuck am I going to explain this to Wallace? The end. Oh, I like ending on kind of like a joke. Or not a joke, but a, a funny moment. And I do like that it's like Alex is like, to me, the clearly the person they're setting at the beginning, like, well, this was the guy's going to get murdered first. Yeah. And the fact that he's the survivor. I don't know. It was a, a funny little surprise. But I think it's kind of like fun in that like, oh, the witch liked this dickhead. Like, yeah. Like that's like what probably, you know, drew him to her, like, or drew her to him. Yeah. Right. She could tell that he's willing to do some unscrupulous things. Yes, in this case, it is, of course, um, film the death of dozens of people. Yes. And, um, you know, it looks great. So he did a great job. Essentially, the film being what he put together. Right. Um, So what are some fatal mistakes that you think some of the characters in their watching might have made, Allison? Fatal mistakes. I mean, again, like at the first signs of of distress and discomfort, you're in another country, like just leave. Just leave. Like yeah. you don't have to stay. Like it sucks. You'll probably lose your job. There are a million home renovation shows that you could probably get work on. So just go yeah. back and work on one of those that doesn't take you to this, like, haunted place. Yeah, I feel like there's also, like, the moments when, like, Sarah ran back in and she's like, oh, I have to tell Greg. Or, like, just scream the information you have. Like, yeah. if she killed these people, then everyone needs to know immediately. Yeah. It, also, if she's strong enough to not only murder Vladimir and Kate, but to put their corpses, mount them in very yeah. high areas, then... You know, her knowing that you know is not going to be the issue. The issue no. is she has some sort of supernatural, yes. preternatural strength. We are so outside get of in there. humanity yeah. at this point. And like we say, tell Greg immediately, tell Alex, like, give yes. everyone the information that you have as soon as humanly possible. But would it have made a difference? Probably not. But no. at least everyone would be on the same, um, the same page. Yes. The other thing is, Becky says that she has a bicycle, but then Vladimir ends up walking back to town. The fact that she didn't offer him the bicycle, to me, is Suspect. such a red flag. Yes. Where it's like, 
you are watching, like, she's not reacting the way if somebody came to me or in, in my building's garage and ripped up yes. the engine of my car. And I live in a city where I could get an Uber. You know what I mean? Right. She should be panicking as much as them. But she's like, oh, I got a bike and I'm going to let you walk. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't add up. This you know? is a lady with some grand designs for, for yes. death and destruction. Um, I will say the uh, Moldova. I don't know where they actually shot it, but Moldova does look like a beautiful place. Yeah, really magical looking woods and yeah, lots of plants. I'm sure great, great wine com- country. I imagine um, like right. a, like Georgia. I know it's a, a ton mm, of Georgia has great wines. Georgia, um, yes, Moldova also known for their wine. Um, yeah, um, Allison, where on the spooky scale would you place their watching? spooky scale. I think uh, because it has a lot of the like framework of a reality show and kind of like some funny moments or what I, I think a, a five. This feels like a five to a five. Like okay. it is very unsettling a lot of the stuff that happens but then once we get into like a witch exploding people <laughs> it's a little yes out there but also still you know again found footage ups it every time. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like um, I'm going to give it a three. Because, okay. again, Spooky Scale is just how spooky we found something. I feel like the the elements of comedy makes it less spooky, but I really did enjoy this movie, and I liked it more, even more the second time I watched it. Oh. I think it's very fun, and it's like a very um, – not that many of the films we watch aren't well-written, but I feel like there's a lot of movies that we watch mm-hmm. where I'm like, well, what about that? And who's that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And why don't they explain this? And this was like a very neatly tied-together little package oh, I of like film that. that I found I really very like satisfying. That. I love that. Um, so I would say, yeah, and if you're someone who doesn't, I mean, there are gory moments, but sure. if you're someone who more of the issue is like, I can't stand a simmering dread, then I feel like you could watch this movie because it's okay. very they, – they use the comedy to cut a lot of the tension. And, and then, you know, um, maybe watch the last half an hour with your eyes closed if you have a problem with uh, watching Blood. dead bodies explode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And um, though I guess there's a children's funeral. You know what? You guys use your discretion. You always do. <laughs> you know what happened now. Um, Figure it out. Yeah. Um, well, guys, we hope you enjoyed this one. And yes. wow, I mean, it's going to be a whole new chapter without Allison. But I we're, know. I'm, and without found footage. <laughs> I feel like I we've know. been living I, I, in I, found do, footage. Do movies even exist that aren't found I footage? F- I don't know. Forget what else is out there. But I, this, is a, this feels like a very satisfying movie to go on my break with. Um, I am going to be, as I said, watching, listening, paying attention. Watching with her many eyes, my many eyes. All yeah, four I do of them. picture you like in the mural. The the camera crew is holding a big eyeball. I imagine you just have a giant eyeball that can fly around and see people. Yeah, um, see people listening to the podcast alone. Yeah, because that's what you got to check it. Are they listening? Okay, are they listening? You listening? I'm gonna pay attention if you're listening. Just because I'm not here doesn't mean you have to stop listening. In fact, you should be listening more. Um, in anticipation of my soon return. Exactly. But if you're but if you're hearing this, you are listening. So yes. So thank you. You're doing a great job. Um, and uh, I, I hope you guys enjoy all of the fun guests we have lined up while I uh, take this mini break and then come back and we have all kinds of movies we want to do. All right. Cool. 
Well, um, I got to ask, as a final few weeks, you know, without it, I think I need Aww, everybody to. Oh, that's going to be sad. I know. Um, but you must, no matter what. You're right. We've got to keep it spooky. You've got to keep it spooky. And we will until you come back. And I love you. And I love that's you, to too. you, Allie. <laughs> oh, I love you, too. And we Everyone love you. listening, we love you. We love you. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big.